Come on and give him praise, church. Come on and give him praise. Amen. Take your Bibles real quickly, and I will just read a couple verses, and I'll let you sit down. Uh, Joshua chapter number 7. Joshua chapter number 7. You know, I find myself in that, that place of that song more and more and more in life. You know, in God's Word, God never asks you to understand Him. He just asks you to trust Him. He never, he, you know, there's going to be things that go on that we can't figure out. We just can't. There's no way to explain it. There's no way to, to understand it. We're just going to have to trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. If you're glad that's in the Bible, say amen. Amen. Joshua chapter number 7. Let me read just a couple verses real quick, and I'll let you sit down. I know it feels like you've been standing since Noah got off the ark. Amen. Joshua 7 in verse 20. If you found verse 20, I know it's a little warm in here, but it's warmer outside. So if you think it's warm in here, go outside, stand five minutes, come in, you'll think it's an Arctic blast. Amen. All right, here we go. Joshua 7 in verse number 20. If you found your spot, say amen. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord of God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent, and behold, it was hid in his tent, and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent, and brought them unto Joshua, unto all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the garment, and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor, and Joshua said... Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Father, this is a really important, serious message today. God, this is primarily directed toward fathers and and husbands and the men of the church. But Lord, these principles are true for everybody. And I pray that nobody checks out today. I pray that everybody sits up, uh, Lord, uh, and and really listens up. God, I pray that your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. If you were a first-time attender today and you filled out one of those uh, prayer cards, could you hold it up real, just just hold it up right where you are. We want to go ahead and collect them real quick. And uh, uh, we're going to take them up so we can be praying for you. Amen. Hold them up right where you are. Uh, Listen, church, let's give uh, God glory and praise for all our first-timers being here today. Isn't that great? Man, they're all over the building. Hallelujah. I'm I'm glad to know that Jesus saves. Amen. I, I was I was glad to know that I was saved last night. I'm telling you, there's sometimes in life you 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 are you are more glad you're saved than others. And I was I was asked to go frog gigging last night, and uh, uh, from a real good friend of mine, I thought he was a good friend of mine, but uh, uh, I ain't gonna call his name. I'll give you his initials. His name is Jeremy Harris. Amen. 
And uh, and we got, I, I'd never been frog gigging the way that frog gigs are, uh, uh, you frog gig in Alabama. I, I, I'm used to a frog gigging out of an airboat going 30 miles an hour, and you stay in the boat. I need a witness. Last night, we got to the first pond, and, and, I, and, and I said, now remember, I got church tomorrow, and I have children. Amen? And uh, we got in the boat, and I'm in the front, and he's in the back, and, 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 and Jeremy saw a frog kind of close to it, so he reached out to grab it, and, uh, and he reached a little too far and dumped both of us upside down to the bottom we went. Say amen. So if you try to text me or call me, I'm really not ignoring you this time. My phone's dead. Amen? No phone, but we got 43 frogs. I need a witness right there. The anointed one with the golden gig. Amen. All right. Now, uh, I, I, I'm trying to start out with a little levity because this is a real serious message for us guys. And I need you to pay close, close attention. The devil's fought it all day. I'm telling you, he's messed with our sound system. He's done everything he could. But I'm preaching. I don't care what it takes. We're going to hear what we got to hear today. Say amen. This is a, this is a story about a regular guy. Aiken, when I was growing up, when I was growing up in Sunday school, and I, I read about Aiken and we studied about Aiken, and, you know, we, we saw what he did and, and what took place in the nation of Israel. Uh, listen, I had this image in my mind that this was an evil, wicked, ungodly guy. This guy, he was terrible, had horns growing out the top of his head. I mean, he caused damage. There was sin in the camp. And I mean, you, you know, the whole story the whole deal, and, and, and I'm just telling you, I thought this guy was the worst guy that ever just come on the planet, but the more I studied this chapter, the more I read into this to get ready for today, uh, to get ready to help us today, the more I realized that this guy was just a regular guy. I mean, he was just a guy like you and me. He was a guy who was trying to provide for his family. He was a guy that was trying to uh, 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 do his thing. Now, this is where I get this from. If you, three things I want to share with you today as quick as I can. Number one, I want you to see the fight. I want you to see the fight. I tried to, I tried to go three or four different directions with this outline and with this message, and I had, I had two or three different ones on my computer at the same time, and, and I couldn't shake this one point. I wanted to go focus on the Word of God. You know, in chapter number 6, where, where they're over there, and this is what Joshua is telling all the army. Joshua is telling every soldier, including Achan, he is standing there, and he's receiving his orders, and God says, don't mess with the stuff. I want you to destroy everything in the city, the gold and the silver and the precious things bring into the treasury of the house of God because this was a first fruits this was the first city in the promised land so it was dedicated to God it was a type of tithe to the Lord so it was God's stuff and he said don't mess with it you'll be cursed and and and, and the nation will be cursed keep yourself from that it was the word of the Lord how many of y'all know God's right in everything he said everything before they ever went into the promised land, God told Joshua to tell Joshua to tell the people, listen, stay with the word. Stay with the scripture. Stay with the law. Focus on it. Read it. Meditate on it. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Follow the word of God because in following the word of God, therein thou shalt be successful. Therein you will prosper. Follow the book. Say amen. And man, I really want to talk about that. But there's something that I want you to see before we get into where he messed up and he fell. you got to understand he was a regular guy. He wasn't filled with the devil. He didn't have a demon inside of him to cause this great calamity in Israel. He was a regular guy. How do you know that? Look at the fight. What was he fighting for? 
First of all, I find he was fighting to survive. If you know anything about hand-to-hand combat, it's not pushing buttons and sending a rocket and dropping. Hand-to-hand combat is difficult. It's you kill them or they kill you. You beat them or they beat you. It, there's no in-between. There's a, it's hand-to-hand. It's a fight for survival. They go into this city and it's mano y mano. It's sword. It's spear. It's fighting. He is just trying to survive. How many of y'all men know what that feels like? You go to work every day. You try to provide for your family. You try to pay the rent. You try to keep food on the table. You try to keep clothes on their back. You're doing everything you can, especially in the economy that we're living in now, and you feel like sometimes I'm just fighting to survive. Am I getting anywhere? He's just a regular guy. He's fighting to survive. He's trying to keep alive. But he's not just fighting to survive. He's fighting to He's fighting to succeed. He's fighting to succeed. You see, God has promised them a land that flows with milk and honey. God has promised them wells that they didn't dig, houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant. He's promised them all of these great things and all of these mighty things and wonderful things. But God said, I'm going to give it to you, but you're going to have to fight for it. I'm going to give it to you, but you're going to have to work for it. I'm going to be with you every step of the way, but you're going to have to fight for it. I'll give you the battle, but you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to fight to succeed. Now, men, every one of us in here, we want better for our kids than we had for ourselves. And most everybody in here, your kids do have better than what you have. And so on and so on all the way down the line. That's how we have created uh, what we have created. Because every generation that goes by, we, 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 we provide more and expect less. Provide more and expect less. Provide more and expect less. Uh, there was a generation, you worked, you worked and worked and worked and you appreciated working. Say amen. I remember, I remember when I was pastoring in Georgia, there was an older gentleman that worked in the cotton fields. And his family were sharecroppers and they, they, all of them worked in the co- uh, uh, cotton fields picking cotton. And they come in, he said, we had beans for breakfast. We had beans for lunch, and we had beans for dinner. We had beans for everything. We've had beans every way you want to have beans. And, and he said, one day, I come in for lunch. It was hot out there. He said, I done had it all I could have. I, I was tired of beans. I didn't want no more beans. I didn't want nothing to do with beans. I didn't want no more beans. And I come in, and I said, Dad, I'm tired of beans. I want something else. He said, okay, son, that's fine. Just go on back out there and get to work. He said, huh, sir? He didn't say, huh. He said, sir. Sir, he, he, uh, that's okay, I, I, I'll just take it. He said, get back out in that field and get back to work. He said, let me tell you something. By dinner time, I was proud to get some beans. Now, some of y'all mamas are looking at me like now like that was cruel and unusual punishment. You know why? Because we're constantly fighting to succeed, to get better, to provide more for our kids, and we couldn't even think twice about doing something like Are y'all with me? The guy's just fighting to survive. He's fighting to succeed. He's trying to better himself. But then, then we see he's fighting to suppress. Say, so why were they annihilating the city? Because the city was wicked. It was beyond your imagination, ungodly and wicked. They were, they were sacrificing babies. They were the, the, the immorality of the city, the, the idolatry of the city was beyond comprehension. And God had given them 400 years, the whole time that the nation of Israel was in Egypt, God had given them an opportunity to repent, and they refused to repent, so God was bringing judgment upon them. Now, how many of y'all guys know what I'm talking about? We want our kids to do right, don't we? 
We want to suppress evil in their life. We want to keep them from wickedness. We want to keep them. We want them to have not just a better physical life than we had, but we want them to have a better spiritual life. I remember, I remember one time my dad told me, he said, son, now you don't need to do this and you don't need to do that. And he was showing me. And then he said this, and I, I, I didn't understand it at the moment, but I, knew, I do now. He said, son, I got scars from living my life, and I don't want you to have those same scars. Now, in my mind as a kid, I said, now, now, I've done seen him without a shirt on. He ain't got scars all over. Because I didn't get it. But what he was saying in his mind, he carries memories that he wished to God he could forget a hundred times over. And my dad whipped me because he didn't want me to go through what he went through. My dad corrected me, and, I, and I'm telling you, I got the verily, verily kind. Are y'all with me? Weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Are, amen. He suppressed wickedness in me. He suppressed, he wanted better for me. And see, Achan is here. He is destroying the city. He is helping destroying the idolatry and the wickedness in the city because he's trying to suppress so his kids will have better. How many of y'all see what I just said? Now, does this sound like a regular guy to you? He's just doing his thing. He is just like you and me. So why are you going into great detail to trying to convince us that he's just a regular guy? Because too many of us in here think the only people that go to jail or the only people that mess up or the only people that get addicted or the only people that have an affair or the only people that do this stuff are ungodly, wicked people that's got demon possession in them. You may tell you what people go through these difficulties and have these failures in their life? Regular people. And when you think you're above it, and when you think you're too good to have anything of this like this happen to you, you're the you're, you are a prime candidate to fall. He's just a regular guy. He's just a regular guy. But what happened? Here we are in this fight. I mean, he's fighting. How many of y'all know? How many of y'all know in battle, in fighting, you get real tired? I mean, you get fatigued. You get fatigued fighting like you don't get fatigued doing anything else. I, I, like, I, like, I like UFC fighting. I just something about it, man beating his brains out. I just, there's something about it that attracts me. Amen. I just, it's great. And this, these guys, they get in this octagon. They get in this octagon. I mean, they ain't, got a, they ain't got a stitch of fat on them. I'm talking about lean, mean fighting machine. They could run 500 miles and not even take a breath. I mean, these guys are in incredible shape. But just three rounds of a few minutes each round, and they are completely, totally exhausted, can't hardly even function. You know why? Because fighting causes fatigue. When do we get messed up? When we get tired. When, when is our, our greatest potential for failure? When we get fatigued. Now let me describe the failure. That was the fight. But let me describe the failure. Let's describe what happened and what he did. All right? Here's the deal. Here's this verse. He is describing what, what happened. He is, he's fessing up, if you will, to Joshua. And he said, yeah, I did it. And this is what happened. He said, I saw a Babylonian garment, I saw the silver, and I saw the gold, and I coveted it, and then I, and then I took it, and then I went and I hid it in my tent. It's there in my tent right now. Now, well, let's see the progress. Let's see the progress. First, I saw it. Then I coveted it. I lusted after it. I desired it greatly. I thought about it heavily. Then I took it, and then I hid it. 
I saw, I coveted, I took, I hid. Does that sound like Eve to you? In the fruit in the garden? Does that sound like David on the, on the rooftop with Bathsheba? I saw, I coveted, I took, and then I tried to hide the whole situation. This is a, this is a typical process of failure and sin in the life of human beings today. But what happened? I, I, kept, I kept reading this over and over and over and over again. What, what do we see? What can we find? What can we find in this that I want you to see? The Bible says, When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them. Watch. Here we are in church. All right? He's standing here getting his instructions. He's getting his instructions from Joshua. Don't mess with the stuff. Destroy everything. Destroy the oxen. Destroy the sheep. Destroy the, 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 everything that's there. Destroy it all. And all the gold and all the silver. Bring it into the treasury of God. It is a tithe of the land that is dedicated to God. Am I clear? Everybody says, yes, sir. All right, let's apply that. All us men, we go to church every week, don't we? Uh-huh. We hear the word every week, don't we? So we know what's right and what's wrong. We know it's wrong to lust after women. We know it's wrong to flirt with women. We know it's wrong to steal. We know it's wrong to cheat. We know it's wrong to do all that stuff. Am I right, men? We know it's wrong to look at dirty pictures and stuff we're not supposed to and be on the computer and stuff. We know all that's wrong, don't we? Okay. So here we got the word. But now we're in the fight. Now we're in the battle. And we're getting tired. And all of a sudden, we see something. There's a temptation that's there. There's something that's out in front of us. He said, when I saw it. Now, now see, the bad part is not seeing it. Men, we're just living in a crazy, crazy world. Women walk around in all kind of ways. And, 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 and ladies, if it's not for sale, please don't advertise it. And I'm not trying to be smart, and I'm not trying to be arrogant, but us men have enough hard a time keeping our minds straight. We don't need no help from y'all. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating nothing today. Nothing. We've got divorce running rampant. We've got men having problems keeping pure. I, we need all the help we can get. And I need some godly women to stand up and say amen right there. Help us. But see, it's not a crime. It's not a crime to see a pretty lady. That's going to happen. It's going to be there. They're going to dress crazy. Here's where you get in trouble. Is when you linger foolishly. What happened? What caused the problem? See, this is what should have happened. He's in here. He sees this stuff. Okay, all right, that goes to the burn pile, and that goes to the pile that goes to the treasury. This goes... There should have been no question whatsoever. There should have been no thought whatsoever. There should have been a clear, concise thinking of what should happen. Men, when ladies flirt with you, that listen, there should be no thinking about it. There should be no wondering about it. There should be one thought in your mind. Say, I need to call my wife. That's what needs to happen. Listen, when things like that, I need to turn my head. I need to go the other way. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. No thinking about it. No pondering on it. 
As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The thought of foolishness is sin. Jesus said if we'll look upon a woman to lust after her, we've committed adultery already in our heart because Jesus knows nothing just happens. I know that's a lie that comes out of hell that everybody wants. It just happened. Nothing just happens. It started here before it ever happened out here. And he got in trouble when he lingered foolishly. Boy, that... that I'd buy a lot of shoes for my kids. Boy, that, that coat right there, that'd look good on me. And he began to think about it. Now, let me say this. If you're here today and you're saved, don't play with me. You know when it's wrong and when it's not. And I'm speaking to men, so I can be rough. I'm going to be nice with ladies. But men, you know when it's right and wrong. You don't have to call my office and ask me permission for something. You don't have to call and ask my Do you think this would be okay? Because the same Holy Ghost that lives in me, he lives in you. And when you go to do wrong, he's going to jump up and down in your soul and scream in your ear, No! Won't he? Now, men, won't he? So there's, there's no question. But here's, here's when we get in trouble. When we start trying to rationalize it. You see, God said it was tithes. God said it was, it was to go into the treasury of the Lord. But he said, I, I looked at the spoils. See, he totally reclassified what God called it. God called it a tithe. God called it dedicated to the Lord. But he's trying to say, hey, it was just spoils of war. And you know when we get in trouble, guys? It's when we try to rationalize and make right what we already know is wrong. Because see, when we start lingering foolishly at this and looking at it and watching it and thinking about it, and we linger foolishly, then we, we, then, we, then we do this, and it's terrible that we, we lose focus. We lose focus. See, when we start the battle, when we start the battle, we, we are focused on what we heard. We're focused on, isn't it easy to live right at, at the church house? It's hard cussing here, ain't it? Isn't it? I mean, it's, it's hard to sin anyway in here. Because, you know, it's easy to be right. Are y'all with me? Before the battle starts. It's easy to be focused and say amen to the word while the word's being preached, while the word's being given. You're standing at attention. You're receiving your instructions from the commander. It's easy to be holy here. It's easy to be righteous here. It's easy to be all that right here. But then we, we come out here and we're in the fight, man. We're getting wore out. We're getting weary. We're getting tired. And we're doing everything we can. And we're trying to keep our head above water. We're trying to survive. We're trying to provide for our family. We're trying to get ahead. Then all of a sudden, the devil throws a shortcut. The devil throws a shortcut. You see, he's very good at that. You see, if he would have waited just a couple days, he would have went into the city of Ai and he'd have got all the spoils he wanted. But the devil threw a shortcut. Just like he did Jesus. He said, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. What he didn't realize, the Father had already promised it to him. But he was offering Jesus a shortcut. Just like he does with most young people. 
Sex is a wonderful thing. It's great. In the marriage in the marriage room, in the marriage bed, sex is a wonderful thing. And God has provided that for the couple. And God has promised that. And it's great. And God has made that. But the devil will always tell the young people, here's a shortcut. The devil, the devil says, God's trying to keep you from having fun. God's trying to keep you from having a good time. But here's a shortcut. God said, I'll provide all your needs according to my riches and glory. But somebody at work, maybe you're thinking about embezzling. You're thinking about cheating. You're thinking about sliding a little to the side because the devil's offering you a shortcut to get ahead. Don't fall for a shortcut. Don't foolishly linger thinking about something the devil's offering. And some of y'all right now, some of y'all, 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 y'all right on the verge. I'm telling you, you're right on the verge of making the biggest mistake of your life. Because you know it's wrong, but you're thinking about it. And when we linger foolishly, then we lose focus. What did he lose focus on? He lost focus on what he heard at church. And he lost focus on what it would do to his children if he ever got caught. By the way, if you're saved, don't think you're not going to get caught. Be sure your sin will find you out. Whatever you're doing, stop now. Quit now. This may be a chance that God has given you right now to get rid of that out of your life before he has to come in and deal with it. Because it's amazing how we'll be in the middle of battle and we'll be in the middle of that temptation and the last thing we think about what it's going to do to our family, what it's going to do to our children, what it's going to do to our wife, what it's going to do to our church, what it's going to do to our reputation. We completely lose focus. And all of a sudden, that thing that we're being tempted with is more important than God. It's more important than our children. It's more important than our wife. It's more important than our relationship. It's more important than our family. It's more important than my reputation and character. We lose focus. And because we linger foolishly, and because we lose focus, then we lack faith. This is the deal that got me. You see, when we begin to think that God's holding out on us, we try to take matters into our own hands. Eve is in the garden, and God has promised her the world. You got everything. Nothing withhold. You can, you can have, you can do, you, whatever it is. Here it is. The world is yours. Only one thing. Don't mess with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And everything's going wonderful. Everything's going great. Everything's going magnificent in life and, and with, the, with the planet Earth and the human beings. And, and, and everything's going great until the devil slides up. And there it is. There it is. There's that temptation. There's that thing. There's that, there's that shortcut. And, 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 and God said, yea hath, or the devil says, yea hath God said, well, what's the deal here? And Eve says, no, we can't, we can't eat it. No, we can't eat that fruit, and we can't even touch it. Now, don't add to what God says, number one. But then this is what the devil does. Oh, oh, man. He just knows that as soon as you eat that fruit, you're going you're gonna to know good and evil. You're going to be like the gods. You're going to be like him. And he plants doubt in her heart, and this is what takes place. When he plants doubt in her heart, she begins to lack faith, and she begins to think that God is holding out on her. Why would he take that? Because he lacked faith that God would provide his needs. 
Why did he take that? Not because he was just this awful, wicked person. I don't believe that. I believe he was a regular guy that got caught up in the fight and got fatigued in the midst of battle. And because he looked too long at something, he began to lose focus on what he knew was right. And because of that, he began to lack faith that God would meet his need. Why do, why do men run around with other women? Because they lack the faith that God would provide and meet their needs in that particular relationship. Why do, we, why do they embezzle money? I'm talking about Christians. People that go to church. Why do we, why do we have these things happen to us? But Because we lack faith that God would provide for us when we need it. Men, am I telling the truth today? His failure. He takes this and he and he runs home and and y'all know the story. I, I want to give you this and we'll pray. We saw the the the, the fight. How many of y'all men in here can relate to the fight? You're trying to succeed. You're trying to succeed. You're trying to just survive and and you're trying to keep your kids right and everything. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The fight. Then we then we see the failure. I, I can relate to this. I can I can relate. Man, I'm telling you. I get it. I understand this. I understand when we when we when we spend too much time uh, 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 looking and lingering at something we shouldn't, or, or contemplating an idea or a thought, uh, it causes us to lose focus on what we know is right and the consequences when it comes to our family, and, and, and we just lack faith in God. And we and our connection with the Word is always connected with our faith in Him. If you neglect the Word of God, you will always lack faith in the power of God. Faith cometh by, and hearing by what? Are y'all with me? But then I want you to see the fallout. The fallout. What was, what was the result? What was, what was the result of this regular guy getting caught up with something that probably before he left his tent that morning he never dreamed in a million years he'd ever do. What was the fallout? First, his country was defeated. His country was defeated. I wish I had time. I don't because we're on the clock. But if I had time, I would share with you statistics of what's taking place in our country because of fatherless homes. Because of men who will not stand up and be the man and be the mentor for their family that there needs to be. I cannot tell you the amount of people and amount of young men who are in prison today. How many juvenile delinquents there are today. How much crime is tied to the fatherless rate in America. How much suicide. It, what are you saying? I'm telling you. Men are not standing up and being men and it's affecting our whole country. Our country is being defeated. Because men won't stand up and be men. Not only was his country defeated, his character was defiled. His character was defiled. Do you know what he was known as from that moment on? The troubler of Israel. The troubler of Israel. Before that day, he was a good old boy. Before that day, he was one of the guys. But from that point on, he's the troubler of Israel. 
Guys, I want everybody, all the guys, everybody, look at me. Look at me for a minute. I'm almost done. I promise you. Guys, you can spend 50 years building a name and a reputation and destroy it in five minutes. Now, whether you agree with a denomination or not is, is, is not the point. But when you think of the name, when you think of the name Jimmy Swagger, I don't think of all the missions he supported. I don't, think, I don't think of all the churches he pastored. I don't think of all the messages where thousands of people got saved. I can't help but think of one situation. And I, I wish it wasn't like that. But guess what? They won't never remember the 50 years of good deeds you did. The only thing they'll ever remember is the five minutes of stupidity that came over your life. That you wish to God for a hundred million years you could go back and dig out of your life and throw it away. Now, I'm not here to make people that's fail. I'm not here to make people that's fail to feel more guilty than you already feel. Matter of fact, the only, listen, the only difference between you and everybody else, you got caught and they didn't. Let me say it again. The only difference between you and them is you got caught and they didn't. So don't nobody else that ain't got caught throw your nose up in there and think you're any better because you'll drown in the rain and God will rain just to drown you. Say amen. I am saying this for the young people from here on out. I can't change yesterday. I can't even change this morning. I can't even change what I thought of Jeremy when he turned the boat over. Say amen. I didn't think that. That's why. But I can change the day. I can change tonight, and I can change tomorrow, and I can change the next day. Men, you need to hit this altar because you will destroy your country, you will defile your character, and you will destroy your children. The Bible says they took his sons and his daughters, him and his asses and his oxen, and piled them up and stoned them and burned them. Now, that bothered me. i got to be honest with you, especially when I was a kid. I read that, and I said, man, the poor, the poor children, and they, got, they had to, you know, that's terrible. But there's a verse in Deuteronomy. There's a verse in Deuteronomy, chapter 24, verse 16. says, The fathers shall not be put to death for the children, neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. So the only conclusion that I can come up with is if that took place and they, and they uh, 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 executed the children too, uh, it had to be uh, they, were adult, they were adult children who got with him in the deal. He influenced them to sin like he did and they joined him in the matter and helped him conceal it and because of that, they paid the price too. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Your children are following your footsteps. Men, look at me eyeball to eyeball. Your children are following you. At the church I used to pastor, I, I accidentally halfway burnt down the deck in the back. It's a long story, but it was a funny one. Anyhow, it, it happened. It, was, it happened. 
and 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 I was out there and and I was cutting the, the boards to try to line them up with the deck and putting them down and and I would take and I take my tape measure and I'd, I'd measure the board and then I put it on my hip and then I'd, I'd cut the board and I'd go over here and I'd screw it down. Well, I had to go get some more boards. So I, well, I, I took a, the tape measure off my hip and I set it down on the thing. But I, 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 what I didn't realize is Becca, and all she wore then was diapers. You could put a parka on her and she'd be in a diaper before it was over. It really worries me. I'm telling you, it's a scary situation. But uh, at that point, she would run around the yard and, and she was watching me the whole time. And when I went around to get the, the, the boards I needed, and I come back, I come around, and there Becca was with my tape measure with her diaper. <laughs> trying to hook that tape measure to her diaper. Now, she wasn't trying to be a carpenter, guys. She's trying to be like her daddy. One of the saddest things I ever hear in, in the Bible is Lot getting messed up in Sodom and Gomorrah. How many of y'all know that? It's terrible. We think, oh, Lot. That's why did he? But see, if you'll go back and trace it, Lot was with Abraham, following Abraham. Abraham went down into Egypt where he did not belong, left the will of God, and, and basically went into sin going into Egypt. Well, God called Abraham out of Egypt. God called Abraham out of Egypt. Abraham made things right and came out of Egypt, went back to Bethlehem. Y'all know the story. and. But then, then when it came time for Lot and Abraham to separate, Abraham said, choose what you want. And he chose the well-watered plains of Sodom. Why? You read it. It says it reminded him of Egypt. Why did Lot pick Sodom and the well-watered plains? Because it reminded him of of Egypt. You see, Abraham messed up and went down into Egypt. He come out, but he was okay. But he took Lot down to Egypt. He brought Lot out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of Lot. And you can't totally blame the situation of Sodom and Gomorrah on just Lot. You're going to have to put a little blame and a little responsibility on Abraham for the life he lived and the way he led in front of Lot. What am I saying? I'm saying, guys, it's now or never. You can't change yesterday. You can't change last month. You can't change last week. You can't change nothing. But you can change today. And you can change tomorrow. And we can be the men of God that God has called us to be. And we can stand for what's right. We can fill our hearts with the word of God and the love of God. And we can be men and show this world there is something about men that God can show himself through. And you show your family and this world the love of God through your behavior.